0: This is the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Here's your host, life and weight loss coach, Dr. Michelle Tupman. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, we're going to talk all about diets. And my most favorite way to procrastinate is to head into research mode. And so I can promise you, I have read all about all of the diets out there. And even me, with my medical and science background, I get completely overwhelmed by the volume of information out there and the energy that it actually takes me to sort through it all and figure out what is actually applicable to me in my life and what science I can actually trust and how I should make decisions going forward in terms of how I want to lose weight. Over recent decades, I have tried literally everything out there, sometimes for just one or two days, sometimes for a few months, nothing, you know, really long, uh, long enough to to really show me any long term results. And I think that in itself is telling that of all the dozens of diets I've tried in my life, nothing seemed applicable to me, um, or realistic for me to commit to over the long run. And It also happens to be the most common question I get asked is, how should I eat? What diet should I follow? What is the best diet out there? All of these questions. And the easy answer is, of course, that there is no right way to eat for everyone, But people still want that easy answer, right? They just want someone to tell them exactly how they should eat so that they could lose weight, achieve all their health goals, and be happy. Um, And if only it were that easy. (laughs) Because if you're like me, you've already learned that you can't eat the way somebody else is telling you how to eat over the long term. You have to eat in a way that suits your lifestyle and your preferences and your ethics or your morals if you happen to have concerns about animal treatment or the environment or things like this. Um, It has to fit into your busy schedule. It has to work with your family. There are all sorts of considerations that we have to think about when we're choosing what is the right way for us to eat today. So I thought today I would answer the question in the best way I can. And that question is, what diet should I follow to lose weight? And you know, it's let's just put this into context for a second. Um, there are so many diet plans out there and it's nearly impossible to keep them all straight. For example, this morning, I went on to Amazon and put diet in the search bar. There's over 300,000 books on dieting. And it's even more impressive if you put the word diet into Google, 1.5 billion hits, right? It is just information overload out there. So if you're just getting started with weight loss or healthy eating, it can be incredibly daunting to figure out how to sort through all that information out there and how to determine what information is actually worth listening to and what information is just more diet propaganda. So where do you start? Okay, so what I'm going to do for you today is I'm going to dissect a bit of this information and then at the end, I'm going to answer that big question for you. What diet should I follow? Generally, what I see happening is that one big diet trend will come along, like low-carb or low-fat, and then a million different variations of that are published until the next big diet trend comes along. And it can get so confusing because, of course, all of these trends seem to have science backing them up. Like, for example, how often have you read a headline or a Facebook ad or something that says something like, you know, the number one best diet for weight loss or something along those lines? And then yet, if you look into it further, there's always studies that will contradict those claims as well. And part of the problem here is that the field of nutrition science is actually fairly young, and there is still a whole lot about digestion and metabolism that we don't fully understand. And another problem is that many of the nutrition studies that are done are very small and they're done on a very specific type of person, and they're often conducted in strictly controlled environments that don't really represent how humans actually eat when they're out there in the world living their lives. And, of course, lots of studies are also done on animals, and we just don't know if the findings from these studies can be extrapolated to us humans. What this means at the end of the day is that interpreting nutrition studies is not as simple as the news headlines make them seem. In a future episode, I'll take the time to teach you how to look at nutrition science so that um, when you look at studies that are portrayed in popular media or on social media, you can decide for yourself what the results may mean. But for now, understand that the science is rarely clear when it comes to any of the diets and that the best evidence is always the data your own body gives you. But there'll be more on that later in this episode. But the big question is, if the nutrition experts can't agree on how we should be eating to be healthy and to lose our weight, then how the heck are we supposed to make a decision about how to eat for ourselves? And the truth, the truth is that there is simply no one right way to eat. And in fact, there are many ways to eat and be healthy. And the science, particularly the nutrition science, isn't the only factor that we need to be considering here. Like like I mentioned before, it needs to fit in. Uh, to your lifestyle, and you know, you actually have to like the food included in the diet, right? And it's it's like I once looked at the Okinawan diet, um, but I am not a fan of um, sushi. I'm not a fan of tofu and soy product products. I just don't like them. So a diet that is um, heavy on those types of foods is never going to work for me. And the other thing that is important is that the diet that you follow needs to be balanced because. Despite everything, everything else, like we still need to get all of the micronutrients and the macronutrients that we need to feel energetic and healthy. And so if you are completely eliminating big food groups, chances are your body isn't getting all of the nutrients that it needs to function at its highest level. And then price is important, too, I think. Right. There are some diet plans out there that, you know, you pay money for shakes or supplements or even like full meal delivery systems. And, you know, you need to look at your budget. And is that actually something realistic for you? And, you know, we often hear um, clean diets being touted. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But if you're going to commit to an all-organic whole foods sort of diet you got to take into consideration that some of this is going to be a little bit pricier so you need to look at your finances when you're looking at the right diet for you and again I mentioned this earlier too but does the diet fit in with your ethics right if you feel strongly about having a vegan or a vegetarian diet then it is not going to make sense for you to try and eat something paleo or very heavily meat focused. It all has to fit in, right? And many people these days are concerned about the environment and climate and sustainability in terms of our agricultural um, processes and and animal husbandry and, and things like this. So you need to look at the diet that you're wanting to eat and ask yourself if it fits in with your ethics. And then, of course, I think the last question that you need to ask yourself is, is it actually doable? Is it easy to follow do the rules or the steps or the guidelines of the diet you're you're deciding to follow make any sense to you? Like, for example, there are some diets that require you to eat at very specific intervals. If you're a shift worker like me and you can't take breaks at specific scheduled times, then an overly structured diet plan probably isn't going to work for you, right? And or, you know, if If it involves lots of counting, lots of tracking, lots of measuring, and you just don't have the time or the inclination to do something like that, is it the right diet for you? So what we're going to do next is that I'm going to give you a quick description of a few of the more common diets out there. And then what we're going to do is take a look at a few things that all of these various diets have in common. And then I'll give you my verdict. And so let's just start with a few of the low carb diets because they're definitely the most in vogue these days. Now I'm not going to cover all the diets out there. I'm just picking a sample of the more the more commonly known ones just to give you an example of the breadth of stuff that's out there. So like, let's just start with the Atkins diet, right? Because this one has been going strong since the 1960s. And the Atkins diet has a a few stages and you start with strict carb restriction. And then over time, you slowly add in more carbs up to a max of 100 grams of carbs a day. And 20% of those have to come from low carb veggies. So you can tell already, this one is just a little bit complicated and it but the the big focus of the Atkins diet is eating more protein and fat and then eliminating all of the processed foods. And then, of course, you can't look anywhere in society today without seeing mention of the keto diet. In fact, I read an article the other day that said that the keto industry, like the food products that the keto industry is producing, will grow by $1.8 billion over the next three years. I think that's insane. And like the keto diet was actually initially developed um, about in the 1920s to treat epilepsy in children. It wasn't even designed for for weight loss or metabolic health. But the gist of the keto diet is that it's very low in carbs and high in fat. And you're typically only eating about 20 to 50 grams of carbs every day. And the goal is ketosis, of course, where your body is forced to burn fat instead of glucose for fuel. And it's also fairly low protein. So the true ketogenic diet has a ratio of about 75 to 90% of the calories coming from fat, 10 to 20 or so percent coming from protein. Protein And only 5% coming from carbs. Now, in reality, most people that are say, saying they're doing keto um, are following ratios that look more like Atkins than the true ketogenic diet. And one of the negative things about this diet is that it eliminates certain foods that provide us with nutrients our body needs, such as those whole grains and fruits and the starchy veggies. And then another more recent example of the low-carb sort of diet is the carnivore diet. I don't know if you've had a chance to read about this one, but it's fascinating. It was actually developed fairly recently by an orthopedic surgeon um, named Sean Baker, who supports eating only animal products, and excluding literally everything else, especially any processed foods. So on on this diet, you're really just eating meat and organs from animals with very little supplement from any other food groups. And so there's just a quick sampling of some of the low-carb diets that are trendy today. And of course, another diet style that's popular these days are paleotype diets. And the idea behind these diets is that our bodies haven't yet evolved to handle the highly processed foods that dominate the modern diet, so that we should be following the, the eating patterns of our paleolithic ancestors. So essentially, on these diets, you're really just eating unprocessed lean meats and organs and fish, eggs, nuts, fresh veggies, and then aside from berries, fruits generally aren't allowed on this type of diet, but um, veggies are definitely um, emphasized. Um, The pagan diet is an offshoot of this, and it was developed by Dr. Mark Hyman. And it's essentially a hybrid vegan version of the paleo diet. And Dr. Hyman's number one rule is, if God made it, eat it. And if man made it, leave it. In other words, yay for the whole foods and nay for the processed foods. Now, it's not truly vegan, as grass-fed meat is allowed. But the bulk of what you eat on this particular diet are veggies. And I'm sure you've heard of Whole30 as well. It's another variation of a paleo-type diet where you give up grains, legumes, dairy, sugar, alcohol, and other processed foods. And A whole other way of eating is lumped under the category of clean eating. And despite it being super trendy over the past decade, there's actually no definition of what clean eating actually means. But the foundation of it, generally speaking, is choosing more whole foods and less processed foods. You know, just as an aside, I actually hate the term clean eating because it kind of implies that there's also a dirty way of eating. And I think when we start labeling things as clean or dirty or good or bad, we get stuck into diet rules and restriction that ends up just sabotaging our efforts in the long run. So, I love the idea of eating more whole and less unprocessed foods, but I don't like calling it clean eating. Anyway, that's just my little soapbox for the day. Um, another big category of diets that you hear a lot of in the media are regional diets, like such as the Mediterranean diet, um, which is essentially focused on eating lots of fruits and veggies and legumes and minimally processed grains with lower consumptions of meats and dairy. And then, of course, lots of olive oil as the main source of fat. And Another category worth mentioning quickly, because you hear this a lot now again in the media, are diets that are designed specifically to fight disease. And the trendiest one currently is the anti-inflammatory diet. And again, the premise is simple. It's just a diet based on more whole, unprocessed foods. And, you know, really, are you starting to sense a theme (laughs) Here with all of these, right? Um, and another disease-fighting diet is the Ornish diet, right? And it's been a lot um, been around a long time. It was initially developed to treat heart disease, and essentially, it's a, just a very low-fat diet with an emphasis on, you know, once again, you guessed it, limiting processed foods. And of course, you you had to have heard of the DASH diet, which of course was initially developed to treat hypertension, but is now widely regarded as a great diet for health in general. And of course, you know, you guessed it once again, an emphasis on avoiding processed foods. And then the final category I want to touch on today are the handful of diets that have been designed specifically for weight loss. And, you know, this is where your Weight Watchers type diets fit in. And you all know Weight Watchers, it's a points-based system where in its current iteration anyway, there's certain non-processed foods that can be eaten in unlimited amounts, including things like fruits and veggies and lean meats. And then processed foods and certain higher calorie foods, such as nuts and dairy and starchy veggies and avocados, they all have points. And then the goal is to eat a certain number of points per day. And another trendy diet is South Beach. And this has been going on a long time too. And South Beach is essentially a low carb diet where added sugar in any form is avoided. As are starchy veggies and saturated fats. So, again, this is a diet that's focusing on reducing the processed foods. And then the newest one to the weight loss repertoire is Noom. And you may have seen them show up in your Facebook feed and on Google as well. And Noom, at its core, is a calorie controlled diet that really emphasizes fruits and veggies and also whole grains and egg whites and low fat dairy. And they really encourage you to limit what they call red light foods or higher calorie foods, such as nuts and, of course, the processed foods. All right, so you're probably able to guess where I'm going to go with this next. And that is the common denominator amongst all of these diets. And Aside from one or two, um, one of the common themes that comes up is eating lots and lots of plants. And like this includes fruits and veggies and seeds and nuts and legumes. And the reason why these are often emphasized in diets is because they just contain so many vitamins and minerals and phytochemicals, which are substances in plants that tend to have some antioxidant activity, some anti-inflammatory activity, and in some cases, even anti-cancer activity. They're also very high in fiber and low in calories. They're actually what we call um, high nutrient density foods, meaning that they're packed full of healthy nutrients, but they're low in calories, meaning that you're getting a greater bang for your buck when you eat these foods. And that is a very helpful thing when it comes to weight loss specifically. So that's the the first common denominator amongst most of these diets um, is that eating lots of plants is a priority. And the second thing that's in common amongst most most of these diets, again, is getting enough protein in healthy sources and like the the one thing that the science is clear on is that we need protein how much protein is still up for debate in a lot of instances, but the fact that we need protein is essential. And how you get it is really up to you. This doesn't have to mean meat, although it can. Um, There's also lots of plant-based sources of, of protein as well. So we've got lots of plants and enough protein as well. And then the third thing that is common amongst all of these diets is minimizing those processed foods. And the emphasis on many of these diets is relying on whole foods or what we call minimally processed foods. And minimally processed foods are things like yogurt and canned tuna, and that they still resemble the whole food, um, and they've just been minimally processed. Of course, processed foods and ultra-processed foods are things like baked bread, pastries, cakes, cookies, sweets, treats, chips pop all of the the stuff that we would ordinarily label as junk food would, would fall into that category and processing really strips away all of the nutrients and tends to add extra fats sugars and salts to make them extra palatable for us and at the end of the day there's just really only empty calories that taste really good <laughs> for us left in in the food and if you look at this as a general rule of of avoiding foods that have lots of added sugar and um, white processed flour. Um, Those are kind of the key things that we often see in the processed foods. And so those are really what I see as the common denominator amongst most of the diets out there. It's eating lots of plants, getting enough protein, and reducing or minimizing the amount of processed foods that you include in your diet. And there's a great um, author out there. His name is Michael Pollan, who's written some great books, including In Defense of Food and Food Rules. But he loves to summarize it this way. He says that the best way to eat is to eat food, mostly plants, and not too much. And to break that down, what he's really saying is eat food. So, eat actual whole food rather than the processed stuff that no longer actually resembles food, and mostly plants. So, this doesn't mean eating a vegetarian or vegan diet, but it does mean making sure that you're including lots of plant based foods. So, the fruits, the veggies, the whole grains, the legumes, including those in your diet. And then, of course, the third piece is not too much. And so this means just eating enough to be um, satisfied, to be satiated, and not eating past the point of being overly full. So what did you notice as you listen to me rattle off all of those various diets? For many people, you just end up in this Um, This feeling of overwhelm, like it's just too much. There are too many options out there. And how the heck are you supposed to choose? And I like to call this analysis paralysis. And, you know, this research mode, this constant, you know, reading and looking stuff up and Googling different things and reading books and never really taking action on any of them, um, that research mode is really a form of procrastination. It's analysis paralysis. And I think the first thing that we need to do is really take a look at why we're allowing ourselves to get so buried underneath a pile of information without actually taking steps to make changes in the way that we eat. And I think the best way to answer the question for yourself of what diet should I eat is to really just take a step back first and ask yourself what your goals are. Is it weight loss? Is it to live a longer life? Is it to have more energy? Is it to feel healthier and vibrant and strong and confident? Like what are your goals? And then look at how you think you need to eat to meet those goals. And I can promise you, if you turn off the computer and close the books and just tune into your body, you will get the answers that you need. I think it's intuitive for most of us that we need to cut out the junk food or, you know, not eliminate it entirely, but reduce it. And have our diets on the day-to-day focus on more whole foods, healthy foods, you know, the foods that you find in the outside ring of the grocery store rather than the inner aisles where all of the packaged food is. I think we all intuitively know that that's what we need to do. But it's not necessarily easy if you're used to a, a diet higher in more convenient processed foods. Not necessarily easy if you can't afford the groceries in the outside ring of the grocery store. There's lots of factors there. And I think that it's easy to get lost in the overwhelm of answering all those questions than it is to really just take a step back and say, you know, listen, this is what I know I need to do. And so what I actually encourage you to do is drop that question entirely. What is the best diet for me? And just make a decision to take a look at your diet and figure out ways to make it just a little healthier, meaning move it towards a less processed um, diet and a more whole foods and plant-based diet. Diet. And again, when I say plant-based, I just mean including more fruits and veggies in your diet and not turning into a vegetarian and vegan. Although, of course, that is a legitimate way of eating if that's what works best for you. My point is that you need to make a decision and take action commit to something. And so if you're lost, if you're still feeling confused and overwhelmed, what I recommend you do is look at how you can make your current diet just 1% better. So just start with one meal a day. You know, for example, start with breakfast. If you are in the habit of eating a pastry and a cup of coffee for breakfast, for example, how can you make that just a little bit healthier? Like, for example, can you exchange your pastry for a whole grain muffin, for example, or a whole grain bagel or something just one step up from the the pastry, right? Or for dinner, if you are used to ordering in pizza many, many nights, can you just make the pizza thin crust or can you Put just a little bit less cheese on the pizza and add some more veggies, right? We're not looking for drastic changes here. Just little ways to make your diet a little bit closer to nature. And then what you want to do is try that out for a few weeks. And I suggest doing at least three weeks before you evaluate just so that you can give your body a chance to adapt and so that you can really see how your body is Reacting to this new way of eating. And then evaluate how do you feel? How are your energy levels? Are you losing weight? Are your clothes fitting different? Are you sleeping better? Is your exercise improved? How is it affecting you? And then again, ask yourself the question how can I make it just a little bit better again? So if you've now gotten used to having your whole grain muffin for breakfast, can we add some fruit? Can we have your coffee and then maybe even a glass of water added on top of that and then can we have a bowl of fruit along with your muffin? Can we make it a little bit better that way? And then again, try that on for a few weeks, see how it feels. And so if you just go step by step like this, looking for ways to bringing your diet a little bit more whole food based and a little less processed, that's all you need to do. You do not need to count your macros. You don't need to count your points. You don't need to have a specific food list that Atkins or South Beach have given you. You just need to look, how can I make my my meals just a little bit better? And if you do that, you will see results. So I can promise you what won't give you results is reading more books, researching more websites, asking more friends what they're doing, investing piles more money in weight loss programs out there. No, you just need to take a step back and look at your diet and answer these questions for yourself. So that is my actual answer to answer to the question, what is the best diet to follow? And really, I would say none of them. Just take a look at those three things that are common to all of the diets and focus on that. So focus on getting lots of plants in your diet. So look for ways to add more fruits, more veggies, more nuts, more legumes, more whole grains. Make sure you're getting enough protein. And that can be in any form that you like it. And then finally, try to reduce the processed foods. Try to rely on whole foods as much as you can and trying to reduce those highly processed or the junk foods that you, you currently have in your diet. If you do those things, if you do as Michael Pollan suggests, eat food, mostly plants, not too much, you will see improvements in your health and your weight. All right. So, of course, any weight loss program needs to start with your mindset in the right space. So if you want help with this, just head on over to the Ways of Health website to download your Getting Started Guide. I'll have the link for you in the show notes. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you more than you know. And we'll talk again next week.